Welcome to the College Park Church of Christ Sermon Series Podcast. This sermon was recorded at the College Park Church of Christ in the Conroe Porter area. Join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thanks for studying the Word of God with us. Good morning. Appreciate your presence here this morning. Um, hopefully what I have to talk about this morning is going to be something that will benefit you in some way. Um, as has been mentioned, we have been going through a series of studies, um, a little bit disjointed, like I said the last time, um, but we're going through eight weeks to a better body, um, and the body obviously meaning the body of Christ, the church. Um, the topic I was given was endurance training. But before we get into that, I would like to give a, a quick recap, because it has been a couple of weeks. So let's do, give a quick recap on, to, on the different topics that we've already discussed. Um, the first thing we started out was with the concept of the complete person, the idea of a complete person, the whole body of Christ. The complete and balanced church body is accomplished by individuals becoming a complete person, meaning physically, spiritually, intellectually, being a complete person after the manner and standard that God has placed in his Bible. That's the only way a congregation is going to become a complete and balanced congregation. We talked about the fact that a complete and balanced congregation understands that Christ is the head. Christ is the decision maker. He is the one that sets the standards. He is the one that sets the rules, if you will. The head of the church defines the church, which is Christ. Your mind defines all the decisions that your body makes, all the things that your body does. The same goes for Christ and his church. The neck doesn't determine that. The head does. The foot doesn't determine it. The head does. But there is also an interdependence of the body. Timothy spoke on this, the interdependency of the body. And what statement that I pulled from his study that I really liked was the body draws strength from each member and each member draws strength from the body. We are all connected. We are all committed to each other, should be committed to each other because we draw strength from each other. And if you don't do your part, then somebody else has to pick up the slack. And then Brother Jerry talked about maturity and growth. There's a reality when it comes to a physical body that it's expected to grow. If something does, if, you're, if, a, if a child's body does not grow, we know that something's wrong. We get medical attention. We go figure out what's going on. The same is true for a church. The same is true for individuals, Christians in a, in a body of Christ, that it, there is an expectation of growth. It's expected. There's also an expectation of maturity to put away childish things, to move on from the basic principles and concepts and to learn how to be a Christian. All of these concepts, if you take all of those concepts and let's just put them off in the back of our mind, all of these things are still true 
as we talk about this concept of endurance training. All of those things still have, those things are going on. All those things are still true. But we're going to take a focus when it comes to a body of Christ, when it comes to Christians, and we're going to talk about endurance training. When you hear the word endurance, you know, the first thing we try to, we, we go to is, you know, Hebrews chapter 12, right? Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. We're, we're compassed about with, compassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us endure. Let us run the race, right? That's where we go to. We're going to endure. We're going to run. We're going to get to the finish line because so many people are watching us. We also maybe think of 2 Timothy 4, verse 7 through 8, where Paul's talking to, to Timothy, and he says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have endured. I have done it. I'm ready to die. We're not going to talk about that. Because guess what? That's having done something. That is past tense. That is something that has happened. He endured. The race was run. We're talking about training so that you can become somebody who endures. A body of Christ needs to know how to endure. There has to be a training regiment put in place for a body so that it can endure. Let's start off first by defining endurance. Let's start there. Endurance itself is the ability to withstand hardships or adversity, especially the ability to sustain a prolonged, stressful effort or activity. That's the concept of endurance. It's doing stuff that's not fun. It's dealing with stuff that's not great in your life. Being able to push through. The concept is to endure, to continue in the same state. To keep going, to remain firm under suffering or misfortune without yielding, without giving up, enduring, and to undergo especially without giving in. So that's the concept of endurance, right? That's that idea of enduring. That's what we're talking about. But then training, the process of learning skills that you need to do a particular job. Or activity. So what we're going to talk about this morning is the idea of building skills on how to endure, on how to withstand hardships, on how to sustain a prolonged stressful activity. That's what we're going to talk about this morning. You know, I played, high sc- I played football in high school. Loved, loved football. So, I mean, that, that consumed... 90% of my time, when I should have been in school, I was thinking about football or doing something football-related. Football ate me up. One day I hated every week was Wednesday. Hated it so much. You know why? Because it was strength and conditioning day. It was the endurance day. It was the learning how to run and being able to last the entire football game. That was that day. I hated that day. But you know what? The longest I ever had to run was 120 yards. (laughs) 120 yards straight from one end of the field to the other end of the field. Sounds like a lot, right? But that is a football field in the green compared to a cross-country route. Really, my endurance and what I needed to do was very limited compared to what another sport would require. 
Michael can attest to the two, four, eight, whatever, 15 miles, I don't know what it is. I would have hated that. Absolutely would have hated that because I cannot stand running. But one of the things I had to do was learn how to endure a very unpleasant activity of running. I had to train myself to do that. It didn't just come naturally, trust me. Many times throwing up because I did not like to run. What I found interesting, though, is that the principles, regardless of whether I'm running 120 yards or running two miles or eight miles, the concepts are still the same. The idea of endurance is still the same. The training regiment is still the same in principles. Be consistent. Aerobic and anaerobic training and rest and recovery. Those concepts are basically the same between any type of sport, any type of endurance type of training. And those are the points, those are the concepts that we're going to consider, and we're going to consider it as related to the church, right? As related to a body of Christ as well as an individual. You know, individuals make up the church. Individuals make up families, which then those families make up the church. So when it comes to these endurance training ideas or concepts, individuals, we need to be consistent. We need to, we're going to talk about what the aerobic and anaerobic training is. We'll talk about that. But the actual training piece, and individuals need to rest and recover. Those concepts are needed as an, at an individual level. Each Christian is need, does, needs all of those things if you want to have endurance, if you want to eat, reach the end goal of having endured. As a family unit, the same concepts apply. Be consistent. Actually have a training regiment. Rest and recovery as a family unit. The same thing applies as a church. Consistency. Training regiment. Rest and recovery. Let's talk about being consistent. What does being consistent mean? It's the act of doing the same thing over, the sa- doing in the acting or doing in the same way over time, especially so as to be fair or accurate. It's to be unchanged in nature, standard or, f- or effect over time. Now, there are three guys in this room that right now I can just see their wheels turning because for the last four weeks I have not been consistent about going to the gym. And all three of them know, knew that I was talking about this. But for the last four weeks, I have not been consistent in going to the gym. And it's had an effect on me physically. And I guarantee you, if I was to try to go on this ruck march that they were trying to do on Friday, there was no way I would have been able to do it because I have not put myself in a consistent regiment of actually doing the training. To be consistent, you need to do it over and over and over and over again. You can't stop. You can't be sporadic. Well, I'm going to do this for two weeks, and then I'm going to take a break for four weeks. I'm going to do something for a week or a couple of days in a week, and then 
show, back off for the next four days or 12 days, whatever. The two weeks and four weeks was me, just so you know. Monday, Monday. But when it comes to a, when it comes to a body of Christ, as an individual, as a Christian, are you consistent in your prayer? Be able, to be able to endure hardships, to be able to endure anything in life, you need to be consistent, especially in your prayer. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Praying always, consistently praying. Daniel chapter 6 is an example of somebody, regardless of the situation around him, the man was consistent three times a day, as he had previously done. Didn't matter what was going on around him. Didn't matter the situation. Didn't matter if your daughter has been asleep or only slept three hours, you still found a way to go to the gym the next morning. The man was consistent. Daniel was consistent in his prayer life. As individuals, are you consistent in your prayer life? Let's take it up the next step. As a family, are you consistent? Do you find time in the evenings or sometime during the day as a family to pray to God? Spend time with God in prayer. Are you consistent in that? As a church, do we find consistency? Do we consistently pray with each other when somebody talks to you about something that's going on do you sit there do you do you sit there and listen and only listen or do you take that opportunity to pray with them consistently are you using prayer to deal with things i've loved the fact whenever jerry whenever i go through something difficult i can go to jerry and ask him to pray for me he will as one of our elders I love that fact, because prayer and being consistent in prayer and being able to go to each other and pray for each other is vital to being able to endure things, to be able to go through a stressful activity, a prolonged stressful activity, sustained hurt and hardship. That's the way you get through it, is by having people that work with you and consistently pray with you. What about your study and meditation? Are you consistent in your Bible study? We're not talking about anything new, guys. It's really not anything new. Study and meditation, consistency in those things is going to help in you learn how to endure things. Joshua 1, verse 8, And the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. Day and night. Are you consistently meditating upon God's word? Are you doing studies, having discussions, all of those things with yourself? Are you meditating yourself on those things? Are you doing that as a family? Are you talking about Bible with your kids? Or are they surprised when, they, when somebody talks about a Bible story and they have no clue what you're talking about? Are you consistent in your Bible study? Is your family consistent? Is the church consistent? 
the church that you attend, as a body of Christ, are we consistent in our study? You know, Timothy was a young man who, from a child, consistently learned from his parents, from his mom and his grandmother. And then also from Paul, consistently learned, consistently grew. The sake, continue in what you have learned from childhood, the sacred writings that's able to make you wise. Being consistent in your study and meditation will help you deal with things. Because you know, book, chapter, and verse, this is where I need to go whenever I'm dealing with anger. Based on your study, consistent study. Book, chapter, and verse, I know this is an example of somebody who dealt with a loss. Book, chapter, and verse, this is where I know I can deal with hatred, etc. Being consistent gives you that strength. Are we consistent in our accountability and love? I think most of us are pretty, pretty on board with the other two. This is where I struggle. Iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. You know, accountability is easy to do with certain people, but are we consistent in that accountability? Do we hold everybody to the same standard? Sometimes we lessen the standard for some people and make it harder on others. Are we consistent? The reality is, as far as accountability is concerned, we need to hold each other accountable to things. Right? I mean, it, it, it's, it's a concept that we know, but it's a lot harder to do. Because I don't want him to hold me accountable for something. Therefore, I'm not going to hold him accountable for something. If I do hold him accountable, I'm not going to do it in love. I'm just going to say, look at what you're doing. Don't you ever do that again. We don't bear each other's burdens in love. We just want to hold each other accountable. We need to be consistent in love. Above all, keeping love, keeping, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. With that accountability, we need to make sure we're doing it in love. Because at the end of the day, the idea of accountability is to encourage and to build up. You're like, how does, that, how does that have anything to do with endurance? It's the concept of being consistent. Whenever you're dealing with a hardship, when you're going through the mundane things, the prolonged stressful activities, whatever it is, and nobody's holding you accountable to it, people are not doing it out of love, whatever, you're not really going to endure. You're going to give up. You're going to quit. 
because somebody's not right beside you, encouraging you, building you up, saying, you got this, we got this, let's do it consistently, let's work together, we've got this. Consistency is a foundation to endurance. The foundational principle to endurance. But once you've built that foundation of being consistent, once you've built that foundation of being consistent in your prayer, in your study, in being held accountable, in loving each other, let's put in a routine. Let's put in an actual working routine, an endurance routine. So whenever you do endurance training, there's two different types of training that you do. The aerobic and anaerobic. Those words mean this. Aerobic means with oxygen. So the idea or the concept is it's a low intensity workout, whatever it is, for a long period of time. Meaning your body can breathe and have an oxygen flow that keeps up with the work that you're doing. So it's a low intensity for a long extended period of time. Things like walking, jogging, running, cross country running, cycling, those things are low intensity, right? It's methodical, it's mundane, but it's something your body can keep up with. Swimming, the way I swim, it's pretty anaerobic, but some people, when they swim, it's aerobic and it's something they can do. As opposed to the anaerobic, which is without oxygen or high intensity in short bursts, weightlifting, throwing up, Jerry, 300 pounds one time, right? That's a short burst of energy. You can't really do that for a sustained long period of time without hurting yourself. Your body can't keep up that kind of, some people can't. Not everybody can do that, right? Your body can't hold that sustained effort. Sprinting, your body can't keep enough oxygen going to be able to keep up with the amount of energy you're expending. Jumping uh, exercises, plyometrics. Your body is exerting more energy than what the oxygen can provide when you're taking a breath in. Those are the two different kinds of concepts. Now again, what does this have to do with a church body or a Christian? Well, there's two different types of training when it comes to what we do as a body of Christ. The anaerobic is the low intensity thing. Or sorry, the aerobic is the low intensity thing, right? And I would like us to correlate this in this way. You have talents, you have abilities that are natural to you. You don't have to work at them. Timothy has a great talent, or appears, <laughs> that there's no work at it. Has a great talent of public speaking. It seems to come really natural or really easy to him. It's not something he really has to work hard at. But he uses that talent. It's low intensity. Doesn't require a whole lot of effort. But he does it. Same thing for you. You have abilities the body of Christ, each member has abilities that you can do and you have been able to do. God has blessed you with. Use those gifts. Use those things. 
Use them to serve. Each has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Many times, instead of taking a, even a low-intensity, running, jogging type of mentality, if I'm going to use a talent that's given, I'm going to be, instead, we choose to be the guy who buries our talent. Well, I don't really want to do that at church. I really don't want to help the church with this ability because I do this every day for work or I do this for a hobby. We choose to bury our talent. And all it would require is us to spend a little time. You know, whenever you do aerobic training, one of the interesting thing that hap- things that happen is you may be able to run for a mile or jog for a mile, but you consistently do that. <laughs> consistently run that mile over and over again, that mile becomes really easy. And then you start upping up to two miles. Then that becomes a little bit more difficult. But then again, consistently you keep doing it, then that two miles becomes easy. You get to three miles. You get to four miles. You get up to a half marathon like my wife did at one point. After consistently working at it. When it comes to your abilities and using those talents that you have, consistently using them for God, consistently using them to serve each other, gives you the ability to grow in your abilities. Gives you the ability to expand the things that you can do for God. Expand the things that you can do to serve the church. You know, the guys in Matthew chapter 25, I know the talents are money, I get it. But the concept is still there. He was given five talents. He did something with those talents and grew and got more. The same applies to you. Use your talents and grow those talents. Grow those abilities. Anaerobic training. Get out of your comfort zone. Maybe we're not the guy that's hiding our talent. Maybe we're just satisfied with the five that we have. Maybe we're just satisfied with the little bit that I can do. Good enough. Get out of your comfort zone. You know, God throughout the Bible has put people in very awkward situations has put them in places where they have to rely on their faith, not on things that they know they can do, not on things that they know they can see. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out in a place that he would receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Have you ever thought about that? This guy, in the early ages, left everything he knew, got out of his comfort zone because God told him to. That takes some faith, doesn't it? 
Peter got out of a boat and started walking on water. I think Peter might have been a little uncomfortable. But we can't knock doors because I feel uncomfortable. Step out of your comfort zone. Being able to endure requires you stepping out of your comfort zone. Putting a little bit more pressure on yourself and your own abilities and what you can do. Saying, you know what, I don't care if it hurts right now, I'm going to get through it. I don't care if I feel like I can't handle it, I'm going to push through. Not giving up. It's really easy in a whenever you're in this state of anaerobic training where you don't have enough oxygen coming to your body, your body cannot keep up or your, your, the blood cannot keep up with your oxygen can't keep up with the amount of effort that you're putting out. You're putting everything on the line constantly, every day, all the time, spending so much time working on, on church things, making sure that every night you're doing something for, for God. You're doing all this work, all this effort, all of this happening. And it's really easy, really easy for us to say, I give up, I'm burnt out, I'm done. You're in a state of anaerobic Training. Stretch. Allow yourself to grow. Allow yourself to be stretched. Allow yourself to feel that uncomfortableness. Because guess what? When you come out the other side, because you will, you're better off for it. What you cannot do is give up in the middle of it. So many people give up in the middle because it got too hard. You think a person who runs a marathon or runs and quits right in the middle because it gets too hard? Or do they fight that mental battle and say, I'm going to push through? My body can't keep up. The oxygen is not there. And they tell themselves, I'm going to keep going. They're in a state of, I can't do this. And they tell themselves, I'm going to finish. Step out of your comfort zone. Put yourself in a situation that's uncomfortable to you. Because here's what happens whenever we don't. Here's what happens whenever we don't put ourselves in situations that causes us to stretch, to grow, to expand, and to be better. Paul had some very hard... Sorry, the writer of Hebrews had some harsh things to say when it came to people who are happy with just, you know what, I'm not going to push myself. Atrophy, which we'll talk about later. For though by the time you ought to be teachers, the people helping others grow, you need somebody to teach you again the basic principles. Because you've not stretched yourself. You've not grown. You've not pushed yourself. Solid food is for the mature. The people who are training constantly. Get out of your comfort zone. 
A vital piece of endurance training is rest and recovery. Vital piece of it. Because you can push hard. You can push so hard that you get burnt out. You injure yourself. You know, whenever you do strength training, when you rest is when your, bustle, your muscles actually do the most growth. I'm not saying it doesn't happen while you're pushing through, but the most growth that happens is when you're resting. So that's what I've been doing, muscle recovery, guys. <laughs> rest and recovery is vital to endurance training, to being able to endure. You know, the Israelites had a built-in rest day by God. And he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath day was a day of rest because the other six days the children of Israel worked. Because that's what God had commanded. Just the same way God, when he created the world, he worked for six days. And then on the seventh day he rested We need rest. The human body needs rest. That's why we sleep at night. Some of us six hours, some of us ten hours. But we need rest to recover and to regenerate. You know, Jesus' disciples is another example of rest. I found this very interesting in, my, in, the, in the studies. I, you read through a story many times and you just miss things. And this is one of those things that I missed. The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all the things, all that they had done and taught. This is when the, the, the disciples had been sent out by Jesus in the, the, the limited, the limited uh, commission, I guess, if you'd want to call it that. They had been sent out. These guys are working hard. They're, casting, they're doing all sorts of stuff, exactly what God has told them to do. They're, they're, they're going on these journeys everywhere. They're working day in, day out, nonstop, won't quit, all this stuff. And they come back, and Jesus said, let's take some time to take a break. It's okay to take a break. It's okay for your endurance to rest and to recover. And Jesus said to them, come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many, many were coming and going. They had no leisure even to eat. Rest and recovery is vital. Jesus himself rested multiple times. The man who sacrificed and gave all, endured all for you and me, took time to rest. You know, when we talk about rest in church work, a lot of it look, sounds and people look at it like, well, that's taboo. You don't do that. You don't rest. It's, a, it's work, work, work all the time. Don't stop. The work of the church as a whole, yes, it doesn't stop. But we're all people. We're all individuals. To be able to last a prolonged period of time, rest is required. Jesus himself did it. When he was grieving, Matthew chapter 14, do you know what happens right before that? John the Baptist gets beheaded. 
his cousin, gets beheaded for telling the world that Jesus is coming. So Jesus took some time to rest, to recover, to pray. You know, when you, try, when you make decisions, when you're go, 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 you sometimes make a bad decision. When you're in a state of anaerobic training, you can make some foolish decisions. Take some time to rest, to pray, to think, to pray to God to know what the right decision is in a certain situation. And he rested because he was tired. John chapter 4, verse 6. They're on their way through Samaria. Jesus walks through Judea. Judea. And he comes to the well, Jacob's well, and he sat down because <laughs> he was tired. Even in church work, you can sit down and take a break. Now, to be fair, he sat down and still <laughs> preached. <laughs> Take that for what that's worth. Rest doesn't mean quitting. Rest means rest. You take the break for what it's for, not as an excuse not to work. Because it's real easy to say, well, I'm resting. I'm recovering for four weeks. When in reality, no, you just quit. So why? Why should we learn the skill of endurance? Concept-wise, yay, it's great. We need to be able to endure. Yay, run the race. Okay. We get to the end of the race, right? That's what the, that's what the goal is. Absolutely true. But why learn the skill of enduring through the journey? Wouldn't it just be easier to sprint? get it all over with all at once? Reality is, life is not a sprint, right? It's a marathon. It's a cross-country meet, not a football field. And within those, you got hills, supposedly. I don't, I've never run cross-country, so I don't know what is needed for those. All I know is for football field is flat, and there's even a downhill that helps you when you run. But I don't know, on cross country, I know there were some hills or some valleys or some mud, maybe, I don't know. Michael's saying yes. There's things that get in the way. <laughs> Beloved, do not be surprised at fiery trials. When it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you, but rejoice insofar as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. Why learn the skill of endurance? Why go through any sort of endurance training? Because life is going to throw some hard stuff at you. Life is going to throw some fiery trials at you. The concept of endurance is, talk, is, is again, the definition was about being able to handle and deal with adversity, being able to deal with and be sustained through difficult things. 
2 Timothy 3, verse 12 says, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Will be persecuted. When somebody says something to you, somebody does something to you, you're just surprised. Oh my goodness, how did that happen? Christ told us we were going to be persecuted as Christians. You have to be able to endure. You have to be able to deal with it and not give up. Not just throw up your hands and say, well, somebody else is going to deal with it. Deal with it. You learn a skill of endurance because it does something to you as a person. Not only that, we rejoice in our suffering, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope. Whenever you endure something and get through it, it builds, builds your character as a person. It can build the character of your family. It can build the character of the church, how you deal with it. May 23rd, 2013, life is going to throw some hard stuff at you. For those of you who don't know, that's the day that my wife's mother passed away in a car accident. Very quick. Not ready for it. Not prepared at all. There's many in this congregation that are affected by that event. Sons and daughters that were affected by that event. And I can tell you right now, me and my wife at 21 and 22, we did not have endurance training. We did not implement that in our life at that age. And we struggled so much between ourselves, between God and us, between the church and us, within our own minds. We struggled because we didn't create in our own selves a regiment of endurance training, putting ourselves in a situation where we had to grow. Life was all peachy. Before that, everything was great. The studying happened as it could. The prayers happened like they were supposed to. The consistency was not there. And we suffered spiritually for it. So why should you learn the skill of endurance? So that you can deal with those types of things that are going to happen to you as a person, as a Christian. It may not be that intense. You may lose your job. Does your world go into a tailspin? You give up? Life is over? 
Why should I try to be a Christian anymore? Go through a divorce. I give up. Throw up my hands. I'm done. Endurance training is vital to the body of Christ. When each person has the ability to endure, when each member of the body has that same ability to endure and deal with things, the whole body benefits. When a member can't handle it, when a member gives up, when a member of the body doesn't work hard, can't endure the difficulties, the rest of the body suffers and has to pick up the slack. And that puts the body in an anaerobic state. You can't do that for a long time. A body cannot function long periods in an anaerobic state. Endurance training takes being consistent, working a plan, and then taking the time to rest and recover, recuperating as individuals, as a family unit, as a church. This, this coming Wednesday, Landry is going to talk about some application to these things, some real-life application on how you can put yourself in an aerobic state, anaerobic state of training, of growing, different ways to implement consistency in your life, and different ways that rest and recovery can help you, and how to do those things to where you're not quitting, you're recovering. Hope that what I've talked about this morning is at least laid the concept and let, laid the groundwork for this idea of endurance and endurance training. And again, like I said, we'll talk about the application of that on Wednesday. Like I said before, when I was dealing with the, when we were dealing, my wife and I were dealing with the hardship of the trials of losing her mother. We didn't handle it well. You may be dealing with a trial that you're just not handling well right now. You know, the, the beauty about the body is that for a short period of time, it can be in that aerobic, anaerobic state. For a short period of time, it can pick up the slack of something else. You may be in that state right now where you need somebody to pick up the slack to help you. The body's got to know, though. You've got to let the body know. You've got to let the church know. Nobody can help you if you just suffer in silence. If you find you're somebody who needs help, being able to endure the hardships and trials of, of life, please come forward as we stand and sing a song of invitation. Thanks for joining our sermon series podcast today. 
For more, check us out on YouTube or come worship with us on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings.